The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! <laughs> you think he's gone? He's not gone! That's the whole point! He's never gone! Is this some radical new therapy? You see? <laughs> well, I mustn't have been paying attention. When you were just talking to me Do you think that you could repeat the question And i listen more attentively There it is there must have been It took a while to pop up on Facebook today for some reason that wasn't quite so easy to see. I hope we can get to our topic and about I Facebook today when you were just Looking for any last minute donations me. Make sure our tote board is right going up. I'm liking that. Our ratings are doing really good. We need to get our audio ratings up, though. Yes. So I'll be, I'll be posting a lot, more, yeah. a lot more links for the audio. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to hit any Baba Boss today. I couldn't even hit the, hit the word little right there. Wow. It's not the day. <laughs> no, it's not. It's so discouraging because I have such great days. I have days where I could actually, like, get up and go out and, like, do some shopping, go to the post office. And then I have days like last Friday where I couldn't even get out of bed. I can do this. There you go. It's about, it's about, it's there you go. You just dance along. <laughs> Boy, have I got a good show today. Nothing local, unfortunately. That's usually our highest rated shows are local. A little surprised when you started sending me what our highest rated show was for the month. That was pretty interesting. Jocelyn Maroon did really well. Yeah. And did we did we include all of the numbers that she got when she when she poached our video and posted it with No, that's not our numbers. That's Seems like it should count. I know she meant well, but it prevents people from coming to our page when they can go somewhere else and see it. Um, what else did we have? Oh, I guess we just get the show on the road, right? Yeah. saw my favorite midget last night. That was fun. People are horrified when they hear me call him a midget because everybody's afraid of him. Everybody's afraid of him. talking about this in a second. Hi, how you guys doing? My name's Tom Duggan. with the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, Top Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I'm going to thank a couple of my sponsors, and then we're going to do a little bit of show, and then I'm going to thank a couple of my other sponsors, and then we're going to do a little bit more of a show. And I've noticed that when I just do the sponsors um, at the top of the show, it takes 10 minutes out of the show, mm-hmm. and that just kind of kills everything. So um, so let's, let's do a couple, like, real quick here. I want to thank a uh, free shout-out to JG's Ice Cream. We love them. Also, a free shout-out to um, Dawn's Sign Tech. I love Dawn. She helped us out this month, and she always helps us out with our bash. Century 21, McLennan Real Estate, Zany Pesci Law Office, Marsin and Sun Construction, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training, Shake-In Seafood, and Tomo 
Uh, Borelli's Deli, EIS Investigation and Gun Training, Clear Path for Veterans New England, Mercurio Law Office, AFC Urgent Care, and Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors. And Dave Id Consoli will be here next week. Awesome. Um, so a couple of things. Um, where do we start? Where do we start? So uh, first, I want to thank my favorite midget. And everybody gets everybody's horrified, horrified when they hear me call him a midget. But it's a, it's a term of endearment. That's what people don't understand. Stop being so judgmental. All the people that run around lecturing other people about being judgmental, and then you go and you do it yourself. So Mike Gagliardi is president of the Labor's Union Local 175. He has been by far our best advertiser going back to the very first edition of the Valley Patriot. We are celebrating our 20th anniversary next month. Mike Gagliardi has been very good to us, better to us than anyone else on the planet as far as spending money on advertising and keeping us going. He also, when I was in the hospital donated $1,000. Nancy was calling people and saying, Tom's going to need some help when he gets out financially, and donated $1,000, as did, I believe, Dave Id Graffalo here at Studio 21 Podcast Cafe and a few other people. Um, he showed up at TMF last night with his, labor, with his laborers because he's president of the Laborers Union Local 175. And last night, he showed up at TMF with his laborers and brought the food and stayed and served the food and sat down and talked to some of the homeless people about what the laborers union could do to help people that are homeless. Maybe to help them get into, get a bed at detox. Maybe help them to get reconnected with their family. Maybe to help uh, you know, get them a job working with the union if they can get themselves clean and stay clean. Maybe to help them with housing. And so it never dawned on me that a, that a labor union would be a great resource for homeless people. But boy, I watched it live last night. I'm sitting there watching this going, wow, like we never, that never even occurred to me. Here's this guy that's been my friend for 20 years. He's been helping the Valley Patriot for 20 years. Never even dawned on me that he would be the perfect guy to help us do what we're doing. So I want to thank Mike Gagliotti, my favorite midget. And I only say that because he's four feet, two inches tall, I think. Um, and uh, it, it, a very hilarious story before we start the show. He uh, invites me every year to their uh, retirement party when a laborer is going to be retiring. So if there's a couple of laborers retiring, they show up. They throw a party for all the laborers under his command that are retiring. So I got there a little late, and I walked in, and he was, like, right in front of the door when I walked in. And I went, my favorite midget. And the entire place was like E.F. Hutton. Everyone stopped to see if Mike Gagliardi was going to punch me in the face for saying that because he's a very tough guy. He's really a tough guy. He might be short, but he's one of those guys that everyone's afraid of because he's in charge of a laborers union, you know, Jimmy Hoffa, like the whole thing, right? And a lot of people are afraid of him. In fact, I think everybody's afraid of him, except for me. Um, so I, I said my favorite midget. We hugged each other, and everybody waited to see what his reaction was going to be. And then he laughed and, like, rubbed my head a little bit and handed me a drink, and then everybody went back to what they were doing. It was, it was like a movie moment. It was hilarious. So um, thank you to my good friend, uh, uh, Mike Gagliotti, who... We, we don't have a commitment yet for the bash, but every year he takes care of us. I've never, I don't even have to ask. Like at some point, he will reach out when he's ready and say, here's how much I'm giving. Last year, he gave $1,000 for the Whittier Scholarship, $1,000 for the Great Lawrence Tech Scholarship. He, gave us, he bought a table for $500, and then he bought an $1,800 ad in the Valley Patriot congratulating us on our anniversary. That's a friend. 
That's a friend. That's somebody who says, Tom's struggling. Tom's trying to do the right thing. He does all these things. He's doing the podcast and the paper and the homeless thing and the, and the bash and everything else and the scholarships. Let's help him out. And he, and he jumps in with both feet. So I love you, Michael. Thank you for everything you do for us. And thank you for coming to TMF last night. All right, let's talk about a couple of issues, shall we? Um, do we have, by the way, do we have a music bingo set up? I know you were coordinating with Nancy. But we do not have a music bingo to announce. Not yet, no. But we're working on it, though. Yeah. All right, so we are working on at least one, possibly two, music bingo nights to try and raise some extra money for the bash. Because last year, we raised $54,000. And this year, we started a little late. And we're at a good pace right now. We've got a, we're pretty decent two and a half weeks in. Actually, tomorrow will be three weeks in. Um, of, of raising funds, and we're doing okay for three weeks in, but we're not doing 54000 okay for three weeks in. So um, I don't know that we're going to be able to beat last year. In fact, when we walked out of the room last year, I said, we'll never beat this. This was just crazy. Uh, but if we can get close, I'll be happy. Like, if we can get within striking distance of that 54, like, if we can get to 45, I'd be happy this year. Um, but I don't want to undercut myself because you never know what's going to happen. Someone could come out of the blue and say, here's a check for five grand. Or last year we had people in the room going, okay, 500 from this guy and 500 from that guy. And the Lawrence High went up like uh, $1,500, I think, like within two minutes. So um, the bash is March 22nd. Please comment at the Firefighters Relief Inn. is our 20th anniversary. We still have not chosen award recipients. I'm planning on doing that today and tomorrow. We are still waiting on a, um, a student from the Greater Lawrence Tech uh, we're waiting on Jessica Finicaro to help us. There might have been a miscommunication there, um, but hopefully we have that. We're waiting on Scott Wood for getting us a, um, a Whittier Tech scholarship student. Uh, I think there was, and um, we're waiting on, God love him. I, I love Ryan Desaglio so much, but he's so over his head on this. He came to me and he goes, Tom, I'll get people going in Methuen. I know Methuen gives you a hard time. They don't want to participate. I'll get them motivated. I'll get underneath them. I'll make it happen. And, uh, and I was like, listen, if you think you can get these people in Methuen who are just so pathetic, do you, if you think you could get them to actually start like cooperating with us, find us a student, start kicking some money in for the Methuen kid, God bless you. But I'll tell you what, if I run into the problem I had last year raising money for a Methuen kid, and if I have that problem this year, this will be Methuen's last year on the program. And I will take the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe scholarship, and I will either find another school or I'll just double up one of the other scholarships that we have and we'll give it to the kid go from the Vogue or we'll give it to the kid uh, from Lawrence High School or we'll give it to the kid from Whittier. Um, I don't want to do that. I really wanted to include Methuen on the program, but Methuen doesn't make it easy. They're their own worst enemies. I mean, every other community is circling the wagons and trying to help their kid and Methuen circles the wagons and shoots in. I've actually had an elected official, and I wasn't going to talk about this, but I will for a second. I actually had an elected official call me a couple of days ago and say, did so-and-so donate? And I said, why? What does it matter if so-and-so donated? Well, I'm not donating if he donated. No, wait a minute. So if someone you don't like donated to a scholarship, you're not going to donate to a kid's scholarship? Like, you're breaking my balls. I started laughing. I thought he was kidding. But you know what? You got me. That's funny. You got me. I thought you were serious. He said, no, I'm serious. If that guy donates, I'm not helping this year. And I said, well, you know what? The guy hasn't donated, but fuck you, don't donate this year. If that's your attitude, if you're going to take it away from a kid, a donation because somebody else donated to a kid, 
Like, do you do that on the Jerry Lewis telethon? Do you call Jerry Lewis and go, hey, did anybody donate to muscular dystrophy that I don't like? Come on. So Methuen, it's, it's a very different animal this year. It's just very bizarre. You got Neil Perry up at the top. And we all know what Mike Dukakis said about the fish riding from the head down. I remember Neil Perry promised right on the show he was going to do a scholarship in his mom's name at the bash. And I said to him live on the air, hey, Neil, listen, there's going to come a time you and I aren't going to be getting along. You're going to promise you're going to keep doing it, whether we get along or not, because the bash is a night of amnesty. We put aside all our political bullshit, and everybody comes together to help these kids get scholarship money. Tom, my word is my bond, Tom. Tom, my word is my bond. Remember that? I'm Mr. Integrity. Well, we don't have a uh, we don't have a Patricia Perry scholarship this year. So, Methuen people, please, please stop being the way that you are. Please step up. Please help your kid. Um, it's it's important to them. They're trying to raise money for college, and maybe this will turn around once I have a student picked. Um, but you know, a, a pox on. There's a couple of good elected officials in Methuen who do kick in at the end. I, I don't want to cast a pall on everyone in Methuen. But boy, overall, it's, it's a tough place to, to do any business with. They're just It reminds me of Lawrence back in 1985, right before Lawrence collapsed financially, right before they went into receivership. It's nuts. All right, where are we? Where do we go today? So we, so we can talk about, well, let's just touch real quick on this. Um, so the Supreme Court today, as we're, as we're speaking, as you're watching, is considering whether or not to take Donald Trump off the Colorado ballot, Colorado decided that they were going to knock Donald Trump off the ballot because under the 14th Amendment to the United States Constitution, it says that uh, anyone who is found to be involved in an insurrection is ineligible to run for office. This was something that was put into the Constitution after the Civil War to stop people who were members of the South who did commit it, who had committed an actual insurrection, not like a guy dressed as Chewbacca walking around the, the, the White House. It was people taking up arms against the United States Army. That's an insurrection. That's the definition of an insurrection. What Donald Trump did was not an insurrection. Like him and don't like him, it was not an insurrection. It was a bunch of people walking around stealing paper clips, with the police, by the way, opening doors for them and showing them around like they were tourists. All right. But even if, and I always like to steer into the skid, even if Donald Trump got up there and said, you should go into the Capitol and commit an insurrection, and he actually said the words out loud, go in and commit an insurrection, which, by the way, he didn't do. He said, go over peacefully, treat the police officers well, the police officers love me, um, you know, we want you to march to the Capitol, but march there peacefully. CNN always cuts that part out when they talk about this because they're liars, um, but let's steer into the skin. Let's say he did all the things CNN says he did. The real question is, can a state knock somebody off the ballot for insurrection when they have not been convicted of insurrection? In other words, can the government put you in prison for murder if you have not been convicted of murder? And that's the analogy we need to be looking at. So it, it looks as though from what we watched this morning, if you watched it, I watched some of it um, as I was getting ready. It looks as though this might even be a unanimous decision that, the, that the, the liberal Democrat justices who don't even see the Constitution the way normal people do and the other justices, it looks like it's either going to be unanimous or almost unanimous that Donald Trump is not to be knocked off the Colorado ballot for insurrection. And I just want to say one more thing about this because I wrote an editorial in July of last year 
called Supreme Court Keeps Getting It Right While Both Political Parties Spew Lies. And we have this narrative that you hear on CNN every day. And I, I always pick on CNN because I watch CNN. That's what I watch in my office all day. It keeps my blood pressure up. It keeps me motivated. Because every fucking sentence that comes out of their mouth is a total lie. It's, um, you've got these right-wing justices that are going to do whatever Donald Trump tells them to do. And the other justices are pure and wonderful. And everything they do is, is just perfect. Um, if you look at some of, and I did this editorial back in July, I highlighted seven cases that the Supreme Court ruled where the people that we were told were right-wing conservative Donald Trump slaves voted with the Democrats. And the people that we were told on the other side were the left-wing progressives that were always going to side with Democrats ruled for the Republicans in, in, in several of these. Um, so let me just give you like a couple of them off the top of my head. The independent legislator case, they voted six to three against a Republican claim that state legislators have the sole authority over election laws, like drawing districts, gerrymandering a district, who's going to have what town and who's not going to have what town in Congress to represent them. Six to three. The conservative justice, John Roberts, wrote the opinion for the majority against the Republicans. All right, so, uh, and I could go through a whole bunch of these. The affirmative action case, um, a student loan forgiveness case, the free speech versus LBGTQ plus semicolon backward slash forward slash whatever they're calling themselves these days case with the, um, the Christian web designer that didn't want to design a website for someone that was promoting gay marriage. And they said that no, you know what? The web designer has the right to refuse that person's business if the, per- if the web designer doesn't agree with what they want to do, all right? You had at least two liberal justices sided with the, with the conservatives on that one. The vast majority of cases, you have the left wing and the right wing of so-called, the left wing, so-called right wing of the Supreme Court agree on most issues. And there's a lot of crossover. There's just the last one was whether or not the federal government could cut razor wire on the Texas border because Texas was putting up razor wire on the border. And we know that the Democrats want an insurrection at the border. They want as many illegals to come in because they know that eventually they'll be given citizenship status and vote Democrat because they all come from socialist countries. And Texas got sued by the federal government, by the Biden administration, to be able to cut the razor wire. And lo and behold, Amy Coney Barrett, who's supposed to be the biggest Trump slave on the court, the biggest puppet for, for, for Donald Trump because she was appointed by Donald Trump, ruled for the Biden administration. She sided with the other side. So please don't fall for the lies that the Supreme Court needs to be packed, that it needs to be changed, that we need to do away with it, or we need to change the number of people on the court. Because the fact is, most rulings don't come down on ideological views. There are a few that do. And on the few that do, it comes down to the justices and the way they view the Constitution. And I say this all the time when we talk about this. If, if you're not an originalist, you're not really a Supreme Court judge. You're just not. Because the whole point of the Supreme Court is to look at what the original intent was when it was written and then apply whatever laws are being disputed to that standard. 
So if, I'm going to make something up. So if the Supreme Court says that you can't color, that no one can paint their house green, all right, you can't, you can't, nobody can paint their house green, and somebody paints their house green, and the city says, nope, you can't do that, and they, they appeal it all the way to the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court is only deciding whether or not the Constitution says you can't paint your house green, or it doesn't. They're not deciding whether Jimmy, who's in trouble for doing it, they're not in charge of whether he's, he's a bad person, whether he was bad, whether he should go to jail, whatever. They're only deciding the actual overall issue. And today, they're not really deciding whether or not Donald Trump can be on the Colorado ballot. They're deciding whether any state can knock any candidate off the ballot for insurrection when they have not been convicted of insurrection. That's what it is. That's, that's Supreme Court 101 from Tom. Um, let me get to the one I really wanted to talk about. And I had a couple of others here that I wanted to hit on. But let's talk about Roxbury. So if I could get some water at some point, that'd be great. Uh, my, my mouth is just, I've got uh, cotton mouth. Um, let's talk about Roxbury. So we have all these illegal aliens pouring over the border, millions of them, millions of them. We don't know where they're coming from. Well, we know some of where they're coming from. But we don't know who they are. We don't know what their background is. We don't know what diseases they might have. But the Biden administration has committed a real insurrection on the southern border by opening up the border, which is weird because it's the Biden administration and the Democrats who keep saying no one's above the law, not even Donald Trump. While at the same time, they're opening the border and letting millions of people violate the law to come to this country illegally in violation of our immigration laws. Some of those illegal aliens have made their way to Roxbury, thanks to the federal government for sending them to Massachusetts. Roxbury is a predominantly black community. Interesting that they would take Latinos who are illegal aliens who will work under the table and undercut people who are working for minimum wage, that illegal aliens who will work for less than minimum wage take those jobs away from people at minimum wage, that the Democrats would put Hundreds of illegal aliens at the community center. Where? In Roxbury. How about that? How about that? We all know from every statistic that's ever been put through when it comes to illegal aliens that the influx of illegal aliens hurts one group the most, one demographic group in the country the most gets hurt by illegal aliens, and that's Black Americans. Black Americans are negatively affected by illegal immigration more than any other group because they are the poorest of the demographic income groups, and they're the ones for the uh, the largest numbers that are working for minimum wage, proportionally to the rest of the country, to the rest of the groups. And yet the Democrats decided that they were going to take all these illegal aliens who are mostly Latinos who will work under the table, who will work for less than minimum wage, into Roxbury, which is a predominantly black community. Here's the best part. And I'm going to try and contain my giggling and my laughter in this because as upset as people are, and I know I'm going to get a lot of hate mail on this, I really don't care at this point. The best part is when you look at how did the people of Roxbury vote in the last presidential election, it was 9-1 to one in favor of Joe Biden. And how did the people of Roxbury vote in the last governor's election? Because the governor's the one that put them there. The Democrat governor. 
The Democrat president let them across the border. The Democrat governor put them at the community center in Roxbury. And by the way, she's going to be putting them in public housing soon, too. Black people are going to be getting thrown out of public housing for Latinos. And you won't be able to call it racist because it's a Democrat doing it. They voted for Maura Healy 8-1 to over Jeff Deal. So black voters in Roxbury showed their loyalty to Joe Biden by voting 9-1 to for Joe Biden. And black voters in Roxbury showed their loyalty to the Democrat Party and Maura Healy by voting 8-1 to for Maura Healy. And Joe Biden and Maura Healy shoved it up their ass and put illegal aliens, took away their community center, put them in the community center, and very soon, and I... I'm friends with people on Beacon Hill. I'm, I'm hearing the talk now. Very soon, they're going to be, black people are going to be getting expelled from public housing and they're going to be putting, being put in public housing. That's the plan. That's the plan. So you'll forgive me if I'm a little giddy. You'll forgive me if I have no sympathy for people in Roxbury who got what they voted for. Joe Biden told you during the last election, he told you, He was going to throw the border open to every degenerate on the planet that wants to come here, and we weren't going to vet any of them. He told the rest of the world, start heading to the border now because if I get elected, I'm letting you in. I'm paraphrasing, of course. There will be some idiot liberal who will email me and go, that's not exactly what he said. Here's the exact quote. Oh, like, like somehow that changes the point. It doesn't change the point. I'm paraphrasing, but in essence, that is what he said. He telegraphed to the entire world he was opening the border. That's what he did. He telegraphed to Roxbury that I'm opening the border. And two years later, when Mara Healy ran for governor, she telegraphed to the world that she would spend as much money as she possibly could of our state tax dollars on illegal aliens, on housing them and giving them food and finding a place for them to live in Massachusetts. I remember that debate with Jeff Deal. Jeff Deal was horrified by her answer. But she told you what she was going to do when she ran. Joe Biden told you what he was going to do when he ran. And you voted for him anyway. Because we have to stop people from making mean tweets, I guess. We have to stop the evil white Republicans. And here's why they really did it. They really voted for Biden and Healy. Because Democrats know. Democrats are very sneaky. The people who run the Democrat Party are evil. By the way, the people who run the Republican Party are evil, too, for different reasons. But on this one, the Democrat, people who run the Democrat Party are evil, and they're very sneaky. And they know what other people, most people, don't even think about. They know that they can abuse their own voters. They can kick black voters in the teeth in between elections. They can kick Latino voters in the teeth in between elections. But come election time, all they have to do It's running around crying about white supremacy and all those black voters are going to come back no matter how mad they are. You could take away their welfare. You could take away their community center. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how mad they get. It doesn't matter how many signs they hold. It doesn't matter how many riots they engage in. At the end of the day, all Democrats have to do is use their trigger word, white supremacy, and all those people come running back to them. What did Joe Biden tell black voters in the last election? Republicans are going to put y'all back in chains. Remember when he said that? Even use that Southern accent that I just used? Remember when, you could Google it, don't, don't, don't believe me. Joe Biden told black voters that Republicans are going to put you back in chains. Why do you think they did that? They did that 
so that when stuff like this happens and they need to put illegal aliens somewhere, they can abuse their black voters because it's not going to matter. And, and if you don't believe me, just sit back. What is this? Um, February 8th today, 2024. We have an election in November. Let's see how the people of Roxbury vote in November. I'll bet anybody a free dinner at Salvatore's. And I'll even throw in dessert. You want a piece of cheesecake afterwards, I'll pay for that too. I'll bet anybody a free dinner at Salvatore's that come November, no matter how badly Maura Healy has treated the people of Roxbury with these illegal aliens, no matter how many black people are being displaced by these Latino illegal aliens that are being put in Roxbury, they're in mass going to vote for Joe Biden. If Joe Biden's the nominee, if he's not, whoever the Democrat nominee is, that's who they're going to vote for. Because it doesn't matter how mad they are right now. It doesn't matter that they're losing benefits. It doesn't matter that they're losing a community center. It's not going to matter that they're losing housing. They've been brainwashed for the last three generations to just have a knee-jerk emotional reaction to the phrase white supremacy. And all Democrats have to do is talk about white supremacy. And black voters, like zombies, are going to flock to the polls and vote for that Democrat candidate. We saw it time and time and time again. Nationally, 95% of the black vote goes to Democrats. You can't find 95% of any group in America to agree how many steps there are outside the Capitol. You can't get 95% of any group to agree to anything. But 95% of black voters voted Democrat in the last national election. There's a reason for that. Because year after year and generation after generation, the Democrats have used fear tactics and scared them into thinking that if you vote for a Republican, they're going to make you slaves again. They're going to put you all back in chains. Well, you know what? You fell for it. Those of you who live in Roxbury, those of you who are black voters who just swallow what the Democrats tell you, hard to feel bad for you now. In fact, I do actually kind of have a little sympathy because they're just, I guess... They just don't have what it takes to look through all of this stuff. And they just believe it. And maybe the fear is just so high about white supremacy. There's like nine white supremacists in the whole country. The Democrat Party makes it seem like it's every white person in every state. And unfortunately, you've got a lot of black voters out there who believe that. And because the Democrats know they believe that, the Democrats can do anything they want to their black voters. And they're going to keep coming back. And... I'm starting to see a shift in the Latino vote. Let me tell you, if Latinos start voting in mass for Republicans, you will see a Joe Biden wall on the border and Elizabeth Warren will be down there putting the bricks in herself with her own hands. There will be deportation camps all over America. Democrats will be deporting every illegal alien that came here in the last 10 years if Latinos start voting in mass for Republicans because that's what it's really all about. It's really all about getting these people into the country, most of whom came from socialist countries, who are going to vote Democrat because the Democrat Party platform is socialist. They don't want to call it socialist because that has a negative connotation to it, but like everything else with Democrats, if we just don't call it that, it won't be that is their philosophy. Getting back to um, this immigration thing, because it all kinds of goes together, we've heard now in the last week, actually just in the last couple of days, that Republicans are responsible for the mess at the border. Is there anybody with a brain cell that believes that? You in the yellow car? No? I don't think there's anybody with a brain cell 
that believes that. And so the sleight of hand, the political lying, the political trickery that went on this week was Democrats put together a bill. A bill is a proposal that will be a law if it's passed. They put together a bill to solve the border crisis. But this bill wouldn't have solved the border crisis. You want to solve the border crisis? The president has the right right now to close the border, to order Border Patrol to not let anybody in. He has the right right now to deport any illegal alien that came here illegally, which is why they're illegal. We don't need another law that's going to be ignored. We have millions of immigration laws now on the books that the president and the Democrat Party are ignoring. How is another law going to help? We're going to pass another law and that's going to be ignored too. So we don't need another law. And it's not the Republicans' fault. The Republicans voted against this comprehensive immigration reform bill because it doesn't do anything. It's just words on paper. We already have laws that say if you want to come to this country, you need to get a background check. We need to give you a health check. Make sure you don't have leprosy. Make sure you don't have any of these diseases like polio that we've eradicated in this country. That you're not a criminal, you're not a rapist from another country, you're not a child molester from another country. And then if you can go through the steps that we have set forth in our laws, you can come here legally. Opening the border and letting millions of people we don't even know where they're coming from walk across the border is an insurrection. It truly is. But you can't blame the Republicans for it. You can't blame Donald Trump for it. Nobody should be voting for any comprehensive immigration reform bill. That's just political speak for not solving the problem making it look like in an election year you're solving a problem because Joe Biden's biggest problem right now is the border. And the Democrats are desperate to somehow put that stink on Republicans and try and even that out a little bit. I think you guys are a little too smart for that. Even left-wing Democrat friends of mine are kind of shaking their head on the border going, yeah, you can't blame Trump on this one. Trump wanted to build a wall and have Mexico pay for it. The Democrats stopped him. And half the Republicans stopped him too. Uh, what else do we have? I had a couple of other things, but we're just not going to have time. We've got three minutes left. Um, oh, uh, let me just touch on this real quick. So um, last week, we had um, Mark Zuckerberg and the heads of all the social media companies were involved in a hearing in Congress. You had Democrats and you had Republicans, both of whom agree, believe it or not, and that's when you should be scared. Whenever Democrats and Republicans are in agreement, you guys should run for your lives. They agreed after interviewing the head of Facebook and um, the woman who's the new, I guess, CFO of Twitter and the person in charge of Instagram and all the others, TikTok. They all agreed that the government needs to censor social media because we have to protect the children. Now, think about how horrible this is. You've got Republicans and Democrats agreeing that we need to censor social media to protect children on the internet. So I will ask you this question because it was running through my head and I actually wrote a um, notebook item in this edition of the Valley Patriot, which is getting delivered as we speak. If Congress cared about protecting children on the internet, why do children have the ability right now to go online and watch hardcore porn on their phone? If you really want to protect kids on the internet, you'd think they'd tackle that problem. No one wants to talk about it. Republicans don't want to talk about it. 
Democrats don't want to talk about it. They're all petrified that whatever porn they're looking at is going to get exposed if they go after the porn issue. But I'll talk about it. Anybody wants to make, make my internet porn search history public, that's fine with me. But I'll tell you what, you can't sit there as a congressman and say, I care about protecting children online, when right now your 10-year-old can pick up their phone and watch a guy having sex with a donkey online, on his phone, right now, 10 years old. But somehow they're going to try and make us believe that they're going to protect children by censoring free speech on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok, on Discord. Really? That's, that's what you think protects children. Censorship protects children. But doing nothing about their access to internet porn, that's protecting children? I don't think those two things go together. Do you? I mean, honestly. There was a proposal probably about 25 years ago to make all porn internet sites have the suffix XXX. So instead of like um, domymother.com, it would be domymother.xxx. And that you would have to have age verification to be able to access that site, even like the free trial stuff that the, that the porn sites put up. Democrats and Republicans killed it. Both of them killed it. So please, people, don't ever believe anytime Congress, Republican or Democrat, tells you they want to protect children online, until they fix that issue. Until they stop kids having access to hardcore porn on their phones 24-7 with no regulations. Don't believe for a minute that they give a shit about your kids when they're trying to censor social media. All right, let me, uh, we can roll up Mel and try and get out of here on time today. And let's thank our sponsors. I want to thank JG's Ice Cream. Love JG's Ice Cream. And I am going to get to your issue on one time, I promise. Um, uh, Mr. Jafrida, Century 21, McLennan Real Estate, Pleasant Valley Landscaping Contractors, and I believe Dave Inconsoli will be here next week with us. Uh, AFC Urgent Care. We're going to uh, Lisa Williams in here again, too. The Doug Mercurio Law Office, Clear Path for Veterans New England, and Randy and Jason at Clear Path right now are working on a homeless veteran that we found in Lawrence at TMF last week. Um, and we're hoping that we can, we can get those... Get pair those up and, and help this veteran get off the street. He's out there with his wife. Uh, where do we leave off? Tomo and Shake and Seafood. Borelli's Deli. Get their sandwich of the day. I share it every week, uh, every day. Par 28, EIS, Investigation and Gun Training. Marston and Sun Construction. Thank you, uh, Ronnie Marston and Diane, for being a $1,000 sponsor. We never did the bash, did we? We never did the bash. Oh, terrible. And uh, Zany Pesci, Pesci, Peche Law Office. In Methuen. Melvin Taylor says you gotta go home. So go home already. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.